All right. It looks like we're live. I'm willing to believe that we are. So welcome to the Packers Weekly Podcast, part of the PackersTalk.com network. I'm your host, Miles Tedek. I'm joined by your co-host, Tim Hamilton. We are diehard Packers fans that love talking about the Pack. We are not talking about all the national sports media headlines and talking points and all that garbage. We're getting into real football. We're here diving into the top topics around the pack every week, breaking down the games during the season, and sorting through all the drama and the rumors of the offseason. If you want to jump into the conversation with us, y'all, please check us out on Twitter uh, or X at Pack Weekly Pod. Hopefully, this stream is finding its way uh, to the, the Twitter uh, slash X verse right now. We're going to see if we can get out to y'all, but. Um, would love to interact, would love to uh, have some of you jump in while we're on the live stream, uh, throw in your commentary. It's a lot more fun to talk about the Packers when we're doing it as a, uh, a little Packers fan family here. So, um, Tim, man, first of all, I apologize. We didn't get our last week's episode up, but who wanted to talk about a loss anyway? And now here we are. we got to talk about a loss again. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, we didn't time that one well. Yeah, so how you feeling about this one, man? What's like what what's going on here? You know, <laughs> I don't know what else we can possibly say about the defense and about Joe Barry, but what a disaster! Just, I mean, you lose the Tommy DeVito, and you look awful doing it, and you follow it up by just getting shredded by the Bucks and Baker Mayfield perfect passer rating like it wasn't even difficult i baker mayfield probably didn't break a sweat on sunday it was easy there were guys open constantly all over the field and it's the same stuff it's three three years of this like is it when's it going to be enough for matt lafleur apparently not yet we're still going to get at least three more games of this and he's apparently still not convinced that joe barry's not the right guy for him at defensive coordinator i have no idea what more he needs to see uh but the last two weeks like if that's not showing you everything you need to see, i i don't know what will and this goes back to something that we've talked about before and i'm just going to throw it out there again this is three years of joe barry since he took over for mike Penton, what has gotten better on defense where has there been improvement what area <laughs> what it, have they? They're, they're not better against the run. They're not better against the pass. They don't rush the quarterback better than they used to. They don't create turnovers better. They're not a better situational football team on the defensive side. Nope. So if you're not improving over three years, then what makes you think that a fourth year of this guy is going to be any better? And, you know, the coaches, NFL coaches talk all the time. You know, any sports coach talks all the time about if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Oh yeah. They're they're not getting better on defense. They haven't gotten better on defense for 3 years. You have a pretty big sample size. So you're getting worse. So yeah, why not I, make the change? I like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what he's trying to salvage about this season. I guess they're still in playoff contention, so fair enough. Uh, if, if you're a coach, you got your blinders on to say we can still make the playoffs. I <laughs> I get it, but man, does that feel like kind of a like a cop out almost at this point? It's like, dude, and and somebody made the point. The Eagles didn't they make a switch at yes. DC? 
Like, holy crap, man. They're, they're in con- contention just as much as anybody. Right. They're a 10-win team. We're, we're, we're going live on Monday night. They may be on an 11-win team by the done time we're done talking. That's right. Yeah, they're still playing. They're playing, yeah. Regardless, they're a playoff team. They may be – they're probably – if they win tonight, they're, they're in really good shape to win their division and still potentially get home field advantage. But they just changed their defensive play caller going into this week. And, yeah, their defense has had some struggles recently, but they're they're still a pretty decent defense. And they said to hell with it. This guy's a first-year coordinator who they just brought in, and they're already making a change. But we have three years of Joe Barry of being a, a really crappy defense, and still there's no change. Like, you, why? You can make a change. Maybe the Eagles are showing some kind of panic mode. That's probably part of it. That, But they're making a change. They're showing the ability like, hey, we got 10 wins, but it's not good enough. We're not playing well enough on defense. We're going to change something. And yeah. the Packers are sitting here at six and eight with the same results game after game, year after year for three years. And it's, mm, nah, we're not going to make a change. We we had communication issues. That, that was the oh first. Oh, my gosh. And I'm sorry, if you're having communication issues and you're three years into the system, and this isn't the first time they brought up communication issues, then who, who like, that's on coaching. That's on your coach. Right? You've had the same coach for, and he's still having communication problems. Like, like if you, if you're the coach putting that on the player, you're a bad leader, man. Like that right. is on you. Exactly. And they're a young, like we keep calling them a young team. They're a young offense. Most of this defensive personnel, they've been there and they've been in the system. They're not that young. Valentine's young, Brooks and Wooden on the defensive line, but they're not playing big roles on the defensive line. Other than that, you have veterans all over that defense that have been in this system or been in other NFL systems. Like you're having communication issues 14 games into the season. Not acceptable. It shouldn't. It's unacceptable. Yeah. And again, this isn't the first time communication has been brought up. Like that's on your coach. That's yeah. on your coordinator. And that's on all the position coaches too, for the, for the poor communication. And it's, I think part of that's just LeFleur trying to give answers and that's like a go-to almost for him in some ways, but it's true. They do have poor communication. They have poor com- and they have communication issues throughout the defense, but you shouldn't be having that 14 games into the third season with this defensive coordinator. No, no. And if you are, then that is on you. You are the leader. You are the one responsible for making sure that whatever the process right. of communication is, is doable. If it's not easy enough for these guys to make it happen at the 14th game in the season, even for rookies, because you've got some rookies out there, still not acceptable, man. You've had a full training camp. You've had a full right. season. You've got – there's just too much. There's too much for, for, for those to be the mistakes. And that's the part that bothers me is he seems to be demonstrating poor leadership by pushing this kind of on the, the, the players and kicking them under the bus. Yeah, And I I mean, even if it is on the players, dude, as a coach, take it on you for crying out loud. Take it on you and then figure it out. I mean, that's what a good leader should do. Yeah. And if it's on the players, okay, well then let's, let's change some players. Like, are we going to bench anybody this week? No. It's going to be the same lineup week after week, game after game. Like is Devondre Campbell played horrible and really he's, He's played bad since he came back from the injury. He's probably not 100%. I'll give him a little bit of a he's break, not, but he's playing no bad. 
So sit him. Put McDuffie in. Your safeties stink. Let's look at Anthony Johnson Jr. He's a rookie. Let's see what he's got. Like, but it's going to be the same thing. He had a PFF grade this week. Yeah, I mean, he's getting a handful of snaps, but maybe it's time to put him in there instead of – we've seen Rudy Ford. We've seen Jonathan Owens. You know, don't give me, oh, Savage is hurt. We've seen Savage. Savage isn't the answer. So if it's communication issues, if you're going to put on the players, let's change some of the players around. Let's take some playing time away. But they won't. It's going to be the same thing. Well, and that's and, where I'm not even willing to put it on the players. And this is no. – so I guess – for me, where this gets to, and I guess to answer the question, are we even mad about this? I'm not. I'm not mad about this because I think that this is Joe Barry demonstrating who he is and giving them even more reason at the end of the season to say, dude, like, not, thanks for playing. See ya. Because Goot's got to be pounding the table going, dude, how many more resources do you need? I've been giving you first-round pick after first-round pick. You've got free agent – assets in there you've got i mean we pick up you know the his his best mid-season additions in rasul douglas and some of these other guys have been on the defensive side of the ball the defense is getting loaded with you know assets every year and that's where i'm just like no man that's there are there are good enough coordinators out there to get more out of this group. When you look at the players, it's like point to me at a player who's a problem right now. And I know a lot of people point to Jair Alexander, but I'm sorry, I, I, he guys injured. And I think that just as much as we're talking bad about Devondre Campbell for playing bad, he's probably playing through an injury and he should be sitting out like Jair Alexander's doing until he's fully healthy. Now we could talk about if there's more motivation, but we'll, we'll we'll put that to later, um, for, for Jair sandbagging. Um, but that's where I I, just, I look at this and I say, man, across the board, even some of the players you mentioned, like Savage and even Jonathan Owens had a pretty monster game uh, at least once this season. Um, we've seen these players play well, even in this seemingly terrible system. Rasul Douglas played really well. Jair Alexander has played really well at points across the last three seasons. You know, there's d- defenders that have had excellent moments. Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark. Even Devondre Campbell, man, he had an all-pro season a couple seasons ago. You you can look across – Eric Stokes, his rookie season. You can look across the board and say that you've seen these players play well. So that's where I'm like, man, like if we've if, – if it's that inconsistent, I'm looking – it's all in the coaches for me. If, if you've got guys that you've brought in on high hopes and dreams and they never panned out, well, that's different. You can see that. Fans can see that. There's been guys like that, right? Like a Dayton Jones type guy. Um, there's a difference between that and somebody who you see play at an all pro level and then all of a sudden look bad. Like that just doesn't make sense. And then when you see constantly, you see offenses scheming their top receiver into man coverage against Preston Smith or Devondre Campbell, and we're all just like, dude, this is painfully bad right now like come on like that it's it's uncomfortable because you're like dude they're all laughing at you right now like they're all laughing at you they watch film and they go watch 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 we're gonna get Devonte adams on preston smith watch this oh he did it he did it dude i told you yeah. it's so embarrassing at this point it's like it dude is. self-awareness please and it's a system that you know we were sold on when he came in they're gonna play too high they're gonna take away explosive plays they don't take away explosive plays. 
And that was another thing that LaFleur brought up yesterday or today was the number of explosive plays. Well, if you're still giving up a ton of explosive plays and your system is supposed to stop explosive plays, then there's a problem. And look at the Bucks tape. I mean, Dude. Baker Mayfield carved them up, but on a lot of those completions, he had two or three guys wide open beyond the guy that he was throwing to. And it was Dude. unbelievable. Like, everybody was open. And it didn't matter if it was second and 18, if it was second and one. It didn't matter if it was third down. He was picking up first downs and making big plays with ease. Guys were wide open over the middle of the field, going through the zone coverage, multiple receivers open at a time. It was unbelievable. Chris Godwin over and over again. And you can just call it before the play. Up, oh, Godwin's in the slot. Looks like they got his own because here's Campbell or Quay Walker walking out over top of him. So they must be playing zone. And he just goes right through the zone, across the middle of the field, easy completion. It was just – it's it's unbelievable how many easy yards they give up, running game and passing game. And yesterday was the passing game. And to, and the one example was – I think it was, what, a second and 24 or something? They gave up 18 yards on it. And I remember sitting there before the snap – and it's like second and 24, like I have no confidence. And you just, having watched this team, you knew that they were going to give up a big play and a big chunk of that. Oh, yeah. any, other, any other defense you watch, you can sit there and say second and 24, oh, this drives over, they're, you know, yeah. they're getting a stop, but not the Packers. And they consistently do it. And again, That's I go so back to man. my question for the floor would be over three years, what does your defense do well? What have they improved on and what do they do well? And if you don't have an answer, then you really one. then you have an answer that you need to move on from this coordinator. And I I think like it's a Joe Barry problem, but it's becoming a Matt Lafleur problem because he has shown that he's too loyal at times. He's definitely too loyal to Barry, and he's shown that he has trouble picking coaches. And if he yeah. decides if this goes into the off season and he doesn't fire Barry, and I know it's trending that way, and it looks like it will. I'm still not 100% convinced that he's going to do it just because he is. I think that's a is, fatal move not to. And if he doesn't, then it's then it's no longer Joe Barry. And I'm not going to right, I'm not going to rant about Joe Barry. I'm going to rant about rant about Matt LaFleur because then it's a LaFleur problem. And well, it, it's he, already he, a LaFleur problem. And it we've is. talked a little bit about it on this this podcast, you know, after some of these matchups, but <laughs> I was going back and forth with uh, another Packer fan on Twitter. Um, shout out to – oh, man, let me make sure I get his, his handle right. But we're going back and forth about, um, you know, what's really going on here. Rev Trev, Kempner Sports, um, check him out. He's got he's got some good Packers takes. Um, but we're going back and forth on this, and, and ultimately what this comes down to is – Lafleur is a great coach in a lot of ways, but he has a very glaring and obvious weakness with building a staff. He is the opposite of Mike McCarthy, and that's the thing. Is Packers fans, we've been spoiled, and we don't even realize it, right? It's not really a thing to to like understand what the Madden rating is of your coaching staff. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you you probably, when you have a good coaching staff, you might take it for granted. But the Mike McCarthy was an excellent staff builder, man. He 
the the capers hiring was excellent the, they had defensive assistants all over that staff that were phenomenal. Joe Witt Jr. should be in the, the Hall of Fame for the D-back factory that he has been. Um, and now he's doing it down there in Dallas, too. And everybody's wondering how Dallas went from, you know, not getting takeaways for a decade to now they're one of the best takeaway defenses. And they're coming up with Durant. Like, who's Bland? Who is this guy? We all knew who Diggs was, and that, it's just like guy after guy. It's like, well, yep, Joe Witt's down there. I guess, guess what? Al Harris is too. McCarthy builds staffs very well, um, and he didn't just say, well, I'm good at this, so that'll be enough, and, and we'll will all these other guys into being good. No, man, like he was a good offensive coach and play caller, and he put a lot of good offensive coaches on his staff. He, he doubled down on strengths. M- Matt LaFleur is the opposite. It's like – because he was able to identify a Mike McDaniel at the ground level, now he feels like he can will every coach who so shows promise to be a good coach, which is an admirable trait, but you can't do that with a full staff. <clears throat> you have to do that like one guy at a time. Like Mike McDaniel was on a staff with Shanahan, McVeigh, and LaFleur, man. Like that guy had everything around him to lift him up. Anybody who's even halfway decent is going to look like the scrub amongst that group. So, you know, that's the part where I'm looking at this going, dude, if, like you can't keep trying to will these guys who are unqualified and, you know, just because they're good dudes to, to, to be good. Like it just doesn't work that way. We talked about that with Stinovich. We talk, I mean, it's definitely the case with Barry. And the funny thing is Joe Barry is like the most qualified hire Matt LaFleur is made like the rest of these guys don't even have a resume. You're just like, geez, man. Well, I think he's made some good hires, but Barry was awful. Um, and the special teams coaches before Basachi and, you know, Basachi is not getting it done either, but they were bad hires. Yeah. And LaFleur, you know, from, I don't know the guy, but he seems like a good guy and he has a reputation. If, you know, you've heard Mike McDaniel and Kyle Shannon and Sean McVay all talk about him. They mention how good of a dude he is. Yeah, that's great. I don't want to. I don't want an asshole as a head coach because I think that eventually will show up to your players. Oh yeah, but at the same time, you got to be able to be their boss of your staff, and you got to be hard on your guys. And you, if you're going to preach accountability from your players, you sure as hell better deal with your staff. And right now that's not being done. Like who's accountable for this? And I almost think maybe he's too loyal or not tough enough and, and doesn't want to fire Barry, you know, because that's his guy. That's who he brought in. It was his hire. Petten, he inherited and was encouraged to hire. So Barry was really his guy. Yeah. And I think he's going to have, I think he is having a hard time with that. And we'll see at the end of the season. Now it, this becomes a whole nother topic if he decides to keep him, And then, the other point I just want to bring up too is he LaFleur talked today in his press conference about he's going to be more involved with the defense. He's going to spend more time on that side of the ball. And it's, it's like, good. you've said that before. <laughs> it's not good. No, he said that I believe at it's the end of good. last season and he might've said it. What He might've said it when Petten was here too. And it's like, so you you have to spend more time with the defense. Like you shouldn't be at that point in a third year with this coordinator where you have to go in and hold his hand or be more involved. And it's not good because you need to be on the offense where you're the play caller. It's your offense. It's your design system with a young quarterback. 
and young players around him. You can't be taking time away from that to go hold Joe Barry's hand and say, Joe, when it's, you know, when it's third and three, maybe we shouldn't have our cornerbacks 10 yards off the ball. Just an idea, Joe. Why don't we try that? Once the rest of the league has figured out how to audible their receiver one into getting covered by Preston Smith, maybe fix that. Like, maybe try to fix that. But it doesn't seem like any effort has gone into fixing that. No. It's just, it's a joke, man. And and, and, and I would, that's that's where it's just like, it, it does become a Lafleur problem. And again, if yeah. I'm Goot at the end of this season, I'm pounding the table going, dude, I have given you all the assets you can ask, ask for. These mm-hmm. players have either plateaued or gotten worse. None of them have gotten better. And it, get out. And at LaFleur, if you can't do it, man, you've got to go. And that's where, I, I, you know, we've kind of reenacted that before, but it has to get to that. I would hope so. It has but to. I, I just I can't I, I imagine. Don't know. I can't imagine. All the assets that they've got on the defensive side of the ball. And they're good players. Uh, You've seen these guys be good players. Yeah. And, you know, yes, they could, there's areas where they could use improvement and better personnel. But as we've said multiple times on this podcast, there are defenses with lesser talent that play better and have better results than what the Packers have. They're not getting the no most doubt. out of their talent. Not and that's another. Close. Are you getting the most out of your talent? Who have you developed over three years? Yeah. Not even close. And and I would love to – I mean, he would never answer this question, but I would say to LaFleur, like, if you faced your defense as a game planner and a play caller, like, how would you attack them? Like, his eyes would probably light up if he saw this on film. Like, man, I, I'm i going to light these guys up in a game. Yeah. Because look at all the free yards and the easy pickups and the big plays, and we can run on them, we can pass on them, everybody's open. They don't do anything well unless they get a sack. And that was the only reason they, you know, kind of got a stop or two yesterday was because they got a sack. And it was more so Baker Mayfield just holding on the ball for too long. But other than that, like if they don't get a sack or the offense doesn't screw something up, they can't stop anybody. Man, And we've seen that with Tommy DeVito. We've seen it with Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter and Jimmy Gross. Like, they haven't had a tough schedule of offenses or quarterbacks. No, they really not haven't at all. And the toughest ones that are the ones they've played well against. That's the frustrating part. And that's the part where it's almost like, no, man, I'm not willing to give you credit for that at all. Cause you, you made Tommy DeVito look like an MVP and we had to hear about his agent for a week on ESPN. Thanks a lot, man. Right. Like my brain has rotted because of that. And it's just, it's, it's just crazy to me that, that's how he plays and it's weird because we talked about this before with the run game there have been the instances where it's like all right dude you're going up against derrick henry better stop the run this is the one thing you're not good at and he did it and then you know you can't stop uh, you know a bad running team from running for 200 yards like what are we doing man how are you good against good and bad against bad that's just (laughs) it just can't fly i I, I think they're more so even against the good, I think they're lucky against the good quarterbacks. Like that's what it feels like. The Chiefs left some points on the field, and the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs that we know, like the explosive Chiefs this year. They haven't really been that all year. So, like, yeah, you played well, but I, I can't give them too much credit for that game. No. And, and like, so you have three games left against three bad offenses, where you know three bad quarterbacks. So. 
even but that if doesn't you, mean anything right now. Tommy right, DeVito it doesn't. They're like probably the going to. They're probably going to get. You know, they're probably going to get beat pretty well. I don't know if they're going to get beat, but they're they're going to get scored on. They're going to give up yards and they're going to look bad against them. But let's flip it and say, oh, they play good against these three bad quarterbacks. Like, so what? Yeah, look who you're playing. But but is that enough? Is that enough for the floor to say, well, we made improvement those last three games? I would think it's not, but I don't know, man. man. I just i I think it's trending that way, but I'm still not like 100 percent sure that this is it. I just I can't imagine. I I can't even imagine in three straight shutouts to finish this season that he keeps his job. You three shutouts, five turnovers each. Year? No, no. I just think it's the players balling out against bad teams. I'm I, I'm just not giving. I mean, I would think so but too. But I'm just thinking of it from Lafleur's perspective. If he saw that. I think Joe then, Barry's back. Then Lafleur has a plus head coaching characteristic and traits in some areas, and he has fatal flaws in others, and he just can't exist as a head coach right now. Not for the Packers, because like you just can't do that, man. No, you can't do that. And you know, one one point that uh, Rev Trev brought up was like, well, don't bad teams aren't they the ones that are always like casting out their coaches and get rid of their coaches? And it's like, yeah, you can say that, but man. Good teams don't tolerate this crap. Good teams – look at the Eagles. Good teams don't say, hey, we've loaded the defense with, with assets and capital. Go win. Or, you know, they, or I should say they don't say go be average, go underachieve. They say go figure it out, go win. And if you can't win with this group of dudes, we're going to find somebody who can because this is a fierce group of dudes. And that's – you can – pretty well say that about the eagles like the the guys they've pulled in from georgia alone on that defense are pretty uh pretty wild they 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 should be one of the best defenses in the nfl um and by all means the packers have the talent to be a top 10 defense and that's the that's the part it's just the eye test tells you this like you can see it and so when you don't get those results it's just like that's what we're doing. We're all all, all the Packers fans. I mean, just scrolling through Twitter earlier was just man was hilarious. Everybody is just ripping their hair out about this. And I think one, I wish I could give the credit to this, but it, he probably won't listen to this anyway. Um, one guy said, "If you've got Packers Twitter agreeing on something, you done effed up." I was just <laughs> thinking that and gonna say it. It's it's one of the few topics where you can get Twitter Packers Twitter and like everybody's in agreement. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, wow, you've, like, you've really screwed I up never, if that's what's happening. <laughs> and it's actually kind of nice because it's taken away like the Jordan Love, like, is Jordan Love great or is he not good enough discussion? Hey, 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 and help me segue a little bit better here, Tim. Dude, <laughs> we have a conversation to have here. All right. Because I will say right now, 2023 Jordan Love is unequivocally better than 2022 Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think that it, there's an argument against that. So let's go. Who's got it. Who's coming at me. Who, who we got, who's going to deny me. Who's, who's, who's going to argue with me? You got me, Tim. You, you, I'm not you arguing. You're not I, arguing. With I'm in it's, complete agreement. He's and I know Rodgers broke his thumb and he played, you know, most whatever. of the season. I get it. He played, he was available to play and he had more of a veteran cast around him he did he wasn't a first-time starter he was you know well into his 38 39 year old dude he had Cobb. he had lazard he had lewis he had tanyan 
He had right. his boys. He had his boys. Yeah, he had a couple rookies in there, but they were talented rookies. Jordan Love has only rookies and first-year players at receiver and tight end, and he's yeah. had Aaron Jones for like three fully healthy games. Yeah. It's to me, it's not even a debate. Jordan Love this year is better than Rodgers. I'm not saying he's better than Rodgers. I'm not saying he's better than MVP Rodgers. I'm not we saying have the, the years are will up be there. right. Let's but make it clear because maybe some people aren't going to read because reading's tough. I'm not saying he will be better than Rodgers, but he's better than what Rodgers was last year. And for sure, I don't. I'm not going to debate you on it. I agree. I don't think. I, I, don't, I, I don't think he's. I think he's better. I think he's still got a long way to go, and we saw oh, that yeah. against the Bucks. He made some – I mean, the touchdown of Jaden Reed was spectacular. It's one of the best throws he's made, and he made some really good ones, but there's still too many easy ones that he misses. Yep. And he's gotten better with that. There's not as many of, of that. He's cleaned up the accuracy a little bit, but there's still ways to go with his accuracy, and I think a lot of that is footwork and his fundamentals because you can see it. the Giants game in particular – he was there's too much falling back, not not setting his feet. His for whatever reason that game, he was just off fundamentally. He was not he was not set in the pocket. And I know I'm not a quarterback expert, but if I can see things like that where he's not setting his base, he's moving his feet too much, he's falling, he's fading backwards, like, and then it's pretty clear. And I think that's an that's an off season improvement, which he's got to make it but I'm confident he will because you see how much he's progressed just in the last couple of years with the Packers and how Tom Clemens has helped them as a quarterback coach. He's made significant improvements. We didn't get to see him as rookie year because that was the COVID year. There was no um, preseason games that year, but just from his second year on 2021 onward, he's made those improvements and you can see it fundamentally. And I think he's going to continue to do that. I'm confident he will. It's just how big of a jump does he take next year? I think there's going to be improvement. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's still too many throws he's missing. But it's fewer than it was two months ago. And there's a lot of throws he's making that are just really you – know, there's not too many guys that can make it. There's not too many guys that can make it. And when you yeah. look at what's around them, and the receivers are talented, but they're so young. And he's – it's not dragging him down. So he, you know, Jordan, he's showing a lot, even, you know, it's frustrating um, yesterday and, you know, there was throws and points he left on the field, but I think it was still progress. And I think it's at least showing some kind of consistency um, that he's not sliding backwards. And that's what I was worried about. The giants game was like, is this going to start a slide backwards now to where he was playing, you know, back in October and it didn't. He he bounced back against the Giants, and hopefully, these last three games he continues to progress and takes a big step again. Yeah, but it's encouraging. No, I, I'm I'm pretty pumped, you know, and and that's where I'm not really mad about this loss to the Bucks. I'm I'm not really mad about the idea that the Packers won't make the playoffs this season. They weren't supposed to. This what we wanted out of this year was to see. Is Jordan Love the guy? I, I think everybody wanted him to be the guy, right? You don't want to have to go back to the drawing board. Right. I, he's the guy. I, he, I mean, no, we're not sending him to the Hall of Fame yet, but he's the guy. You know, there's there's a there's plenty of NFL teams that have a much worse quarterback situation than the Packers right now. You don't need Aaron, uh, Jordan Love to be MVP Aaron Rodgers for him to be the guy. 
Um, so yeah, I think that th- that on its own is a success for this season. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not mad about losing to the Bucks because I do think that it sealed uh, Joe Barry's fate. I mean, again, he was historically bad. Giving up what he did against uh, Baker Mayfield was, uh, you know, Lambeau Field worsts. And that's just like, you got to go, dude. It's like Ed Donatel after the 4th and 26. Dude, sorry, you got to go. Sorry, man. You're out. And he ended up, I think he ended up with the, the Falcons and actually being a pretty good defensive coordinator. Well, he was, he was with the Vikings last year. and here's, Yeah, he was, yeah. Here's another example. The Vikings... They won 13 games last year. Yeah, they were a fraud about it, but they won 13 games, won their division. First year head coach, Ed Donatello was his coordinator, but their defense stunk. And he went out and fired him after the season, even though they won 13 games. There you go. Brought in, brought in Brian Flores, who's done a great job with their defense. They're in, you know, they're alive for a playoff spot, but their defense has improved. Yeah. And credit credit to Kevin O'Connell for doing that. You have like, to do there it. There you go, LaFleur. Like, he didn't sit around and say, well, we won 13 games, and yeah, our defense wasn't that good, but I'm going to give him another year just because we won 13 games and he's my first hire as, as a head coach. He said it wasn't good enough, and he made a change, and it's gotten better for him. So, well, again, doesn't look good on the floor. No, and I'll cons- continue to insist that one of the – primary responsibilities of a head coach is to build the best staff you can. And if you ask yourself if Joe Barry is the best defensive coordinator available to the Packers right now, the answer is no, no, no. like hard. No. <laughs> so no. dude, find something else. So I, it's, it's frustrating, man. I guess we don't need to like break down all the X's and O's of why they lost to the bucks. A lot of people, I mean, it's just the, eye test. quite you clear. Watch it. Yeah, yeah. There's not, there's not anything to really dissect here and, and try to figure out, y'all. It was a very, very awful performance by the defense. The offense is still growing. They showed promise, but they made mistakes. You know, you put up 20 points against, a, you know, a, a, a team who's, you know, trying to get a spot in the playoffs. They're not a terrible team. Um, yeah, you know, like, I, again, I'm, I'm not mad about it. I'm pretty satisfied by where we're at. Um so yeah, you know, we can move on. We can jump into some things. You know, let's uh let's talk a little bit about just personnel and who's available and who's not. We got injury stuff going on, but my goodness, is uh is the thing with Alexander is is this related to Joe Barry, do you think? No. I don't. No. It, no. I Okay. It's it's gotten a little weird and it has gotten weird. I, I definitely think he's injured. He's got a shoulder injury. I think what what made it weird, at least for me, is that he's been practicing for what, three or four weeks now. They didn't put him on IR. And originally he was traveling to the away games. And then all of a sudden he didn't travel to the Giants game. But he had previously been traveling even though he was out. And I said, that's... I didn't realize why, that. Yeah, okay. because they he was questionable. And then the day before the game, that Sunday, they ruled him out because he didn't travel. And said, okay, well, why wouldn't he be traveling if he was traveling previously? Like he traveled on Thanksgiving to the Lions game. Yeah. So I said, okay, that's weird. Practiced all week. Again, wasn't available. And then it was brought up yesterday by uh, Matt Schneidman, who is the beat writer for The Athletic. He said, pregame warmups, all the injured players, other than Bakhtiari, who's home in California rehabbing, 
all the injured players, all the practice squad guys were out on the field for warmups. They weren't in uniform. I guess they stand around and watch whatever. All of them except for Jair. Then he was on the sideline. I saw him on the sideline. People saw him on the sideline. He was on the sideline for the game, but he wasn't out there for pregame like everybody else was. Hmm. So it was weird. And Lafleur finally gave an answer to it today and just said that like they miscalculated how long he was going to be out for. Because I guess the question was, if he's been out for six weeks now, why didn't you why put him on IR? Yeah. Yeah. And he said it was a miscalculation. So I guess they expected him back, and either the shoulder didn't heal as quickly, or it was worse than they expected. Like I, they've seen him in the beat writers have seen him in practice with a shoulder harness. Yeah. Yeah. So my feeling is he's definitely hurt. And I think it's one, he can't tackle or it doesn't have confidence in the shoulder holding up to tackle. Not that he tackles that much or that well anyway. And he had the shoulder injury two years ago that cost him most of his season. So we might be looking at it like, I'm not coming back with this until it's a hundred percent. And I can't really fault him for that. No. So I mean, that's it's, that's the it's, thing with with these guys, like with DBs, and I think that there were plenty of people talking about this after his season a couple of years ago. Is a shoulder injury for a DB is tough, man, because you're constantly like going to push a receiver and get right. your, your, you know, you're, you're. I mean, that's you need and you that should shoulder, be, man. Right, you should be pressing them, but I mean, this is Joe Barry's defense. He would be playing ten <laughs> yards off anyway, so he wouldn't need to do press. But he would need to like chase the guy down once he's wide open to tackle him. Yeah, of course. So but he that's would have the to thing. Do that. It's it's it is limiting, and I know that there's a lot of frustration, and a lot of people you know are starting to call him out and you know really put on a, a Jair Alexander. I just don't think that that's the right thing. Like this dude, there has been multiple times where I have tweeted, "Give him a lifetime contract." Like the, he's a an A plus dude. He's an A plus player. Get him healthy get him a halfway competent defensive coordinator and let this kid ball. I, that, that's why I was just like, just and let it happen. He's already gotten paid. He's highly paid. So it's not like yeah. he's doing this. Like I'm not coming back until you pay me. Cause I'm not no. risking the money. Like it's not about that. If that no. was like, if his contract was like up or there was, then I'd say, you know what? That might be what it is. I just think it's his shoulders just not right for him to take on physical contact. And he wants to make sure he's a hundred percent. I can't really fault him. And I almost wonder now that they're sitting here at six and eight with only three games left, if maybe this is the week they do finally put him on IR and just shut him down. Because if he's not going to make it back for Carolina, you have two games left. Even if you still mathematically have a chance, is it worth it? And like, will he even be available for those last two games? If you, you know, like, so if it's not this week, then maybe that's it. They just shut him down. I would say that we've seen, you know, last year this team played until they were mathematically eliminated. And that is one thing that we've said about this. And and one of the things that I continue to give LaFleur credit for is this team doesn't quit on him. You know, he has his faults in building the staff. He's not good at building a staff. But as far as him as a leader and just, you know, getting guys to to get out there and you know bust their butts to to do what they're supposed to do you don't Mm -hmm. see these guys quit they don't fold when they're losing they make mistakes late in games like they just and maybe it's a youthful thing but you don't see that happening and that's where it's like okay fine until you're mathematically eliminated we'll let you do this thing where it's it's like let's give ourselves the best chance to win um whatever it is so you keep alexander you know 
close to active in case he feels comfortable, ready to go, so that it, he is available. You know, I, I guess I get it. But yeah, as soon as you're eliminated, if he's not moved to IR, that's kind of weird that's too. It. That's that's very questionable. But yeah. I, you know, you got to see how they do each week. I, I I'm inclined to you know believe what Lafleur says as far as the miscalculation goes, especially with a shoulder injury. Um. But man, I, I think we need to give Jair a break, man. I, I'm yeah, I do too. I am just not on the train of talking crap about him. He is a premier cornerback in the NFL, and the last thing we want to do is talk about this guy, run him out of town, and he turns into Casey Hayward 2.0. You know, having the best years of his career with another team. Like, let's just put all of that away. This guy needs to stay in Green Bay. Like I get it's frustrating. It's kind of like Christian Watson being hurt a lot. Yeah, it's I get it's frustrating as fans sure. that you want this guy out there and you know how big of an impact he makes, just like yeah. Watson on offense. But if they're hurt, they're hurt. And like these guys want to play football. They're professional football it's players. It's a violent game. You and know, yeah, I, they're gonna get hurt. It sucks. But yeah. like I don't think he's milking it or, you know, I, I don't think there's some kind of like ulterior motive there why he's just not playing i just i i don't see it i think maybe more will come out at the end of the year like maybe what exactly was wrong with the shoulder you know and then maybe people say okay he really he really had a messed up shoulder and couldn't go maybe that'll quiet some people down but yeah it's it's a little weird with some of the things um you know not traveling and but and being out this long but i i you know for the floor to come out and say it was a miscalculation i do I do buy that from him that they yeah. were, you know, that they thought maybe he would have been back sooner, but maybe as a medical staff, they, they got it wrong or something happened in there. I don't know, but well, I do think that makes sense. And we don't know a ton about the injury. Fair enough. No. But I do know that some injuries, the limitation is pain tolerance. Like if you don't have a risk of re-injury, then it becomes, all right, well, how well can you do what you need to do with the pain that you're going to experience to do it? Um, and you, it's hard to tell that until you put the player in the position to try to do that, and especially with a DB with a shoulder injury. Um, he's a tough dude. He tries to play. like you. I guarantee you he is chomping at the bit telling these guys to do everything they can to get him ready to play. And... You know, short of there being an issue with Joe Barry, that's that's the one thing I could see, be, you know, causing it. But if you're a player, you don't want to go on IR. You don't want – I mean, unless your injury just dictates that and you just don't have a hope of getting out there. But if they're like, man, you might get out there in three weeks, then you're, the player's going, then to hell with IR. Let me try to get out there in three weeks. And you yeah. get there three weeks, you're like, ah, I can't go what yet. Like, all right, let's try week four. You get out there in week four, it's a little better. Ah, I can't go yet. But that's that's what is probably going on. You know, it's probably more the player trying to get out there. Uh, and being held back from doing so than than it is the player just being a jerk and a and a sensitive little you know diva or whatever. Um, so yeah, I would just and, and Devondre Campbell too. I saw a lot of hard smack being talked about him on Saturday or on uh, Sunday on Twitter, and that guy is a heck of a player, man. And he's even said it; he's not the same when he's injured. 
I just am not ready to go beat these guys up because they're injured at you know in the final weeks of the NFL season. It's a violent game. It's a long season. And they all will tell you that none of them are 100% at this point in the season. So, right. you know, if we're talking about a, a 2014 season or we're talking about a 2011 season where this team just ha- is loaded with promise – um, you know, and then a couple of the key players just can't get it done. It's like, all right, I, I can understand the hard feelings. Um, eventually you got to get over it either way. But this season, like, let's draw back to it. Like, this was not a playoff season, y'all. This was a rebuild. This was a season to say, what do we have? And what are we going to do with it? And so you've learned that. And that's a good thing. We've, we're getting to learn what we have. Instead of getting some kind of fool's gold, by players overachieving despite Joe Barry and, you know, getting their way into the playoffs with a really good scoring defense and giving Joe Barry kind of the ammo that he needs to pretend he's a good enough defensive coordinator to keep his job. Like, no, he's Joe Barry. We've seen this. We don't need to keep doing that. So that I could understand with Jair, but I I don't think that's what's happening. I do. I think the guy is just dying to get out there, and we need to just – have patience with the injuries, you know, even Christian Watson. Yeah. Like, I think the guy is dying to get out there. And oh, yeah, if absolutely. you don't want to see a fully healthy 6'4", 210, or whatever he weighs, you know, 4'3", to 4'2", speed flying down the field in a Green Bay Packers uniform every week, guys, you're nuts. I want to be patient for that guy. That guy is such a difference maker we haven't even scratched the surface of what he's going to be capable of so that's why it's just like all these players that are hurt it's good year for him to be hurt you know what let it happen let's get some younger guys behind him let's see what they're made of we're going to see that with the receivers and the dbs that's great because when you've got a healthy stable of dbs that include stokes alexander you know, uh, probably Nixon, I think, probably comes back next year. And then you've got Valentine, who's got some experience under his belt, and he's your, you know, fourth or third or fourth DB. That's excellent. That's a great place to be. And then you can add some quality players through the draft again or through free agency if you need to. But you don't want to go off just writing off players because they got hurt. You're just, you'll never have a team. Guys are going to get hurt every year. It's just going to happen. It's football. So, it's a violent game. Yeah. Yeah. So. It sucks, but. Yeah. So yeah, no, I don't believe he's sandbagging. Um, but what other what other uh, injury situations do we have going on uh, out there that we're we're thinking about right now? Campbell's still looking less than a hundred percent. Stokes didn't look yeah. great, but what, you know, is he shaking off? Yeah, it's a shame. They put him. They put him in a tough spot. I mean, he hadn't played cornerback in thirteen months. You know, the one game they activated him earlier this year, and he came off a pup list. He played four snaps on special teams and hurt his hamstring. Yep. So this is the first time he's played quarterback since November of last year when he got hurt. And they put him in there to start and play, I think, about 75% of the snaps. That was a tough spot for him. And, you know, he's got the talent, and we want to see what he can do and see what he looks like for the future. But, man, that was that was asking a lot for, you know, a kid that hasn't played hasn't played quarterback in 13 months to just go yeah. in there and start. And here's Mike Evans for you and Chris Godwin. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he didn't look good. That's, he looked rusty. He tough, looked, man. he looked like he lacked confidence and he, he was just unsure about when to cut it loose, when to go, when to be physical. Like he had a rough game, but I give him a break because it was his first game in 
13 months. And yeah. I think they could have helped him better by limiting his snaps, working him in there in some kind of rotation with Ballantyne. Um, they didn't really do that. They eventually did work Ballantyne in a little bit, but it was mostly Stokes. I think they put him in the tough spot, um, but it was just, it was good that he's back on the field and hopefully he can start getting his legs under him and, you know, finish up strong here. Um, yeah. But it, it was just, it was nice to see him. Other than that, um, you know, Watson being out changes their offense. We've said that yeah. before. I don't think it hurt him as much yesterday as it did in the Giants game, but it still hurts him. And I think it shows that as talented as they are with the young receivers, I think they still have a need there in the offseason to add somebody with, that can do some – you're not going to get somebody that's going to do everything that Watson can do, but at least some of the elements, at least the deep speed and the ability to take the top off of defense because when Watson's not available, it's a big difference and it changes things. So I think that's something they need to look at to address because the rest of the receivers aren't really that kind of deep speed, you know, go break a play open kind of receiver. Um, and that's fine. They all are talented. They're good, but yeah, they're just not they that it. guy. Yeah. Right. And I think they need another one of those guys because just Watson hasn't been available enough. Now, hopefully that yeah. changes going forward and he never misses another game. But you better, ha- I think they need to have a better plan and a, and a better option there to, you know, be available to them if he, if he is missing time in the future. Um, well, and, and I would even say that they tried to do that with Musgrave. And now he's out. Yeah, and you know? and that helps too, obviously. And not having both of them is a you know a big factor, and it shrinks the it shrinks the defense down. They don't have as much to worry about. They don't have to get worried about. They don't have to be worried about getting beat over the top. Right. So yeah, and it, going back to the injuries too, running back. Obviously, great to see Aaron Jones back. He looked great on the first drive of the game, and then they kind of forgot about him after that. Um. So, you know, like normal when he's in there. Of course. Welcome back. You know, <laughs> and it's unfortunate Dylan got hurt and maybe he can maybe he can play this week with a broken thumb. It's going to be obviously tough to be a running yeah. back and carry the ball with a broken thumb. Um, but I thought Dylan, I know his numbers weren't great or anything like that, but I think he definitely did rebound over the last month or so of the season from where he was early in the year. He was just he was running hard. And they haven't been very good running, run blocking for him. So I think he's creating some of his yards and he's running tough and he was running tough and physical for him. So I think Dylan was actually playing pretty, pretty well for him. And it stinks that he, you know, injures his thumb and now you get Jones back, but you don't have Dylan. So they really haven't had that one, two punch most, you know, pretty much all season. They haven't had the, the full offense at all. No, You know, where if you've got, if you've got a healthy Musgrave, a healthy Watson, a healthy Jones, Dylan, hell, a healthy Bakhtiari, um, yeah. man, that that's that, that's a lot of weapons. And if they're all, you know, operating within the offense properly, you know, instead of wandering around, running into each other, running wrong, wrong routes and all that, that is a lot to work with, man. That is a lot to work with because – Having a deep threat like Christian Watson is huge, especially when you can, you know, manipulate the defense by sending him on these horizontal motions. But when you've got a guy who's probably just as fast going up the field on the other side, now as a defense, you've got a real problem because there's more than one guy who can come underneath. 
You know, when if you think about the vertical guys in this offense, if it's healthy, you've got Christian Watson and, and, and Luke Musgrave who can just absolutely terrify safeties and defensive coordinators. And then underneath that, you've got Dobbs, Reed, Tucker Craft, and Dontavian Wicks. Dude, yeah. that is a heck of a stable, man. So that this is very exciting, and that's what's probably frustrating Lafleur a lot too. Is it's like, man, you think that you have you know a certain combination of weapons to work with, and you build an offense around that, and now half of that is just totally gone because of the vertical threat. You're making do with the rest of it, but you know that that that's a lot. That's a lot to try to do. So I don't, yeah. you know, it, the putting up twenty points against the Bucks, it's like. It's about where your offense is at right now, um, but hey, I mean, let's let's start looking forward, right? We don't need to dwell too much on this bad loss. It's ugly. It is what it is. Um, let's have some fun and poke in on the uh, the Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love transition comparisons here. Um, I can't remember what it was, but there was somebody uh, today that had made the comment and, and they're starting to realize the similarities. And they're like, wait a second, guys, Rogers is going to be a Viking. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've been telling y'all. All right. Rogers is going to be a Viking. <laughs> the trajectory we're on right now. Well, it's I don't know if we'll be a Viking, but I think he's going to be a Viking, man. It, stranger things have happened. I think that only happens if the Jets decide to clean house with the, you know, get rid of Sala, get rid of Joe Douglas, which apparently they're all safe because Aaron wants them there. And oh, it was shows you who's running the organization. It's Aaron. Oh my Rogers. gosh. I thought but, this, this experiment already went bad. I guess not, huh? Yeah. But you're saying Jeez. he might be a Viking. I'm saying he's probably going to be in Lambeau Field next year because Packers schedule formula. They play an AFC East team at home at Lambeau next year. And it's the team that matches up with the same spot in the standings. Oh. Right now, the Packers and Jets are both in third place. Move, it can change. Uh, uh, uh. The Packers could actually get second. They could finish fourth. The Jets could either be third or fourth. But right now, they're both in third place, which would mean Jets at Packers next season. Man. So, you think there might be some drama and some uh, some buildup around that game? Wow. I just can't even imagine the yeah. uh, excitement that ESPN probably has over that one. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't uh, – yeah. So, we might get to see old Aaron back at Lambeau next year. We'll see, man. We're going to track that because I really think he's going to end up finding his way to Minnesota. I then we definitely will see him back at Lambeau yeah, next year. Yeah, then we'll definitely see him back at Lambeau. But I, uh, I just – it's weird, man. The the parallels between those two right now is just flat out bizarre. I it's yeah. wild. So, yep, I'm calling it. I wish I could place that bet in Vegas, like put a hundred <laughs> bucks on Rogers being the quarterback for the Vikings. I'm sure I could find that prop bet somewhere. Um, all right, let's move on, man. Let's move on to the next game that we've got. Um. They can beat the Panthers, right? Well, right, I right. Mean, they they should. They the can, Panthers, right? They can. Will they? Is another question. Can they? Yes, they can, and they should. 
in fact, they should win the game handily. Um, the Panthers are probably the worst team in football. I mean, I guess New England's making a case for that. But they're they just pretty got bad. Their, they just got their second win, and it was nine seven in a in a downpour, you know, rainstorm. That if it doesn't rain, they probably lose the game. Yeah, they got two wins. They've been a dumpster fire organization with the owner. You know, they hire Frank Reich to be the head coach this year. He's the play caller, gives it up, takes it back. Then he gets fired. So he doesn't even get a full year. Um, Their offense is, I mean, they have nothing on offense, which, you know, you're playing the Packers defense. So this is their get right game on offense. But they can't. Tommy pass. DeVito, man. Tommy DeVito. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> they can't pass protect. They don't run the ball well. Their top weapon at receivers are old buddy Adam Thielen, who's mm-hmm. probably on his last legs. But that's all they got. He'll, he'll pull that Toby Keith. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good uh, once as I ever was against he's, Packers. He's probably yeah. He's probably saying, "Oh, Joe Barry's defense. Yeah, I'm going to have me some yards this week." And then Bryce Young, who you know. He's a rookie. You got to give him a break, and it's it's a mess around him. But the yeah, the structure, the design of the offense, the play calling, no protection, no weapons. Like it, it's a mess, and he's in a really tough situation. But he's been bad. Um, but my fear is this weekend against the Packers, he's going to look like the Alabama Bryce Young, and oh. he's going to go out there, and it's like it, he's going to be oh. watching the film. Like, man, is this the Packers or is this like Mississippi State or uh, Vanderbilt that I'm playing this weekend? Because I have maybe, no, I have no faith in the. Maybe defense. this is the week that we get to see Jordan Love win a shootout. I'd be okay with that. I would be okay with it, but if if you have to win a shootout against this Panthers team, like, no, Joe Barry will get fired. It'll be great, man. You'll you'll win forty-eight to forty-five. I guess uh, it'll be more second Anders right. Carlson field goal. Right? I would take it because then it's more evidence. Like he's not the guy. Get rid of him before. Yeah. What more do you need to see? Yes. But my God, like you, this is the game. Like if you get the seventeen points, that should be enough to beat the Panthers. You know, no, you should, I, I feel different, Tim. Here, I'm 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 putting it into the universe. All right, this is going to be a shootout because that's what the Packers need right now. We need to see Jordan Love just light it up. And we need to see yes. Joe Barry just get lit up. Just just carry it on, just like what you did this last week. Bring it right on back, dude. Bring me that nickel package. Let me put Preston Smith on Adam Thielen, and let's have some fun and get you out of town, dude. That's what that's what I want to see. I would take it. That would be fine. But, my God, they should not give up points to this team. They are, they're bad. They're bad, bad on offense. Yeah. And they're not much better on defense either. You know, um, so they're going to win this game, right? I guess they should win this game. So what's what's your but, without giving away your score, your uh, your actual prediction of yeah. uh, you know we'll save that for for the end there. Like, what is your um, feel for how this game goes? Like, is this a twenty twenty one type game? Or is this like a nine to seven slot fest? Like, what do we? What do yeah. you feel those, on this one? Those are actually, yeah, I could see both of those. I think it's more going to be right around twenty points. 
okay. um, and close and right down to the wire. It shouldn't be close, shouldn't be but, close, but it will it's, be close. It will be close. And I think they're going to, we know the defense is going to make you want to rip your hair out. I think if the offense doesn't do that, like if they're not, as we say, the, the team that can beat the Packers the best is the Packers. If they're not doing that on offense with the penalties, with the drops, with we saw it again on Sunday, two receivers both running the same route into each other. If they're not making those kind of mistakes, they should be able to move the ball and hopefully score points. The red zone's been an, been an issue the last two weeks. So I say hopefully score points because I don't know if they can finish the drives off, but they should be able to move the ball against the Panthers with ease if they're not shooting themselves in the foot. Right. But we we know they're going to shoot themselves in the foot. It's just a matter of how severely and how many times. Yeah, right. And then you know, defensively, they're gonna they're gonna play Bryce Young the same way they would play Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes or Kenny Pickett or Desmond Ritter or T- Danny DeVito. And it's going to be the same soft coverage, give up the run. It's going to be the same thing. So yeah, I think it's going to be close and a struggle. And I think we're looking at low twenties. Um, I could see it, like you said, being like a nine to seven kind of game too, especially if there's any kind of rain again or something like that. Yeah. But I think, again, I think they should move the ball. It's can they stop the self-inflicted wounds and can they cash in in the red zone a little bit? Um, And I have no faith in the defense whatsoever. So that's how I feel. That's how I think it's going to go. Like it's all up to Jordan Love and the offense to just not give the game away. Well, here's here's what makes me nervous is the whole idea of Matt Lafleur going back into the defensive side. Now we'll never find out for sure, but I have said many times what I think "shake things up" meant several weeks ago after the bye week. For God's sakes, why? That's such a dumb shake things up on the bye week, man. Um, yeah, I believe that Matt Lafleur was trying to give his buddy Adam Stinovich. A chance to to drive the car, you know. Here's the keys to the Ferrari, dude. Don't crash it. And uh, he couldn't even get out of the driveway without like scraping up the rims. You know what I mean? And then he like tries to get out onto the the road. And he like goes over the curb, and you're just like, oh no, this isn't good. And he you know doesn't know how to stop at the stop signs. So he just kind of rolls through it and almost gets hit. And you know it's like that. And then Lafleur finally was like, dude get out of the driver's seat. I'm going to get back in the driver's seat. And now he has to get out of the driver's seat again to go wipe Joe Barry's butt. And we got Stinovich back in the driver's seat on the offense. And we're seeing again now, now receivers are running wrong routes again. Guys are looking like they're lost. Like, Oh no, this is why I called this episode a tale of two Packers teams, because there, there was a team before shake things up that looked like, chickens with their heads cut off and then there was this team after shake things up that looked like a growing talented team and now we're seeing this other team come back and i don't like it but if it's just temporary to get rid of joe barry i'll accept it um but it scares the crap out of me because of joe jordan loves development man like i think it's been the same team all along and it's just the ups and downs of the season and having a young offense. I think it's been the same team all along. And I know they they were two and five and looked bad and they were able to get it back to six and six and we were talking playoffs and the possibility that they could get in. And now they're six and eight 
I just think it's the ups and downs, and this is the team that they always were. Hmm. But well, it doesn't it does alarm me, and maybe it was just talk coach speak by LaFleur, but it does alarm me if he's going to spend more time with the defense because yeah. one, you shouldn't have to do that with your experienced third year defensive coordinator. And two, as the offensive play caller, offensive designer, you shouldn't be stepping away from a young quarterback and a young offense. Like they need your attention. And yeah, you can't hand that back over to a career offensive line coach. Well, he just, he should be there regardless of who his coordinator is like, you're the play caller. You need to be joined at the hip with him, especially for a first year start. This isn't Rogers where you can say, all right, you know, he can handle it. This yeah. is a first year starter. You need to be there with him, and not looking over Joe Barry's shoulder or saying, Joe, can we, can we stop playing so soft? Yeah. You shouldn't have to do that three years in. And again, if you're looking for answers, LaFleur, there's your answer. You having to do that shows that you don't have the right guy at defensive coordinator, but Anyway, back to the Panthers. <laughs> it's hard. We keep having to pry ourselves away. From, uh, fire Joe Barry. Fire. I'm oh, sorry. It's like a it's like a Tourette's tick. Fire Joe Barry. Um. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That, so I don't know, man. I, I get nervous with games like this because the Packers never do well in those games where you're just like, yeah, they should just definitely do really well in this game. Kind of <laughs> feels know? like the Giants game. Yeah. Yeah, a little, but like a even more so because the Panthers are definitely worse than the Giants. But I'm yeah. still like, I'm just as nervous as I was before the Giants came. I'm like, yeah, I see the rest of the NFL thinks the Panthers are bad, but y'all haven't watched this Packers defense. You haven't <laughs> seen how impressive they can be. Um, it, it, so that's how I feel about this. man. I'm, I don't like it. I don't like this game at all. Um if you ask me what I think will happen, I have no freaking clue. Um, no idea. <laughs> what do I want to happen? Like, what do I think they need to do to win this game? The answer hasn't really changed from previous weeks. And when they've done it, they've won. When they don't, they don't. But fire up that pass rush, dude. Fire the missiles, man. You've got some excellent pass rushers you've got four legit pass rushers for sure on the outside and that's not counting your d lineman or your you know quay walker is a pretty good pass rusher i, I want to see him rush the passer rush the passer um the, you should be firing missiles from every which direction it, it should be like every play Bryce Young should be like, dang, man, oh, now they're coming from this side. Now they're coming from this side. Now they're coming from no. this like, He should be like just wondering where the next guy is coming from. And instead what we're going to get is Adam Thielen one-on-one and man coverage against Preston Smith. And it's just like, Arr! No, you, can, you, can't, you can't be aggressive on defense. you got to play them safeties way back. Oh, gosh. You want those corners way off. Don't press. Don't be physical. You got to be. We can't give up the big play. Whole defense designed to not give up the big play, but yet and they're going to give up, up big, big plays. <laughs> and then if they're not giving up the big play, they're just giving up chunks of little plays all the way down the field. Doesn't matter. It's just like okay, here you go. Here's your score. Here's your first down. Would you like a side of you know more points with that? It's just crazy, man. I, I, I just, that so I don't know. I don't know what to expect from this game. I, I just I, say forget about the defense. Don't even don't even think about it. Don't worry. Don't have any expectation. Expect the worst because that's what you're gonna yeah. get. And just 
what can we see out of the offense? Shoot what progress? Out, shoot out, shoot yeah. out, shoot out. That's what we want. We want a shootout. We want Jordan Love to throw for like six touchdowns, man. More like Dontavian Wicks, baby. Yards. Yes. Yes. That's what I want. And then I want to see Joe I, Barry get lit up. Here's a here's a off topic but on topic lineup, you know, thing to look for. We've seen the rotation at left tackle now for a while. That's still going on. And we kind of saw rotation at right guard, but it was really only Sean Ryan getting like one or two series a game. All of a sudden on Sunday, it was almost 50-50 in snaps with Runyon and Ryan. So, okay, maybe, I mean, it's taken them okay. this long. And we've seen in the past how long it takes this coaching staff to make adjustments, Amari Rogers. So they're, maybe they're finally, it's going in Sean Ryan's favor. He's now up to like almost 50-50. Something to look forward to. Yeah. I don't know why it's taken this long, and I don't know why you don't just play your former third-round pick, why John Runyon's proven he's not a good enough guard and he's a free agent at the end of the year. You probably aren't going to resign. Like, Maybe you should look at Sean Ryan and see if he's your – see if he's the answer at right guard. He's still under contract. So, right. You know, yeah, Second-year player. That. Maybe find out what you have there. But yeah. at least they're getting it up to almost 50-50. So let's look yeah. for that. Maybe we see more Sean Ryan. Hopefully, man. I, he's he's the type of personality I want on my offensive line. Seems know, aggressive, nasty. Aggressive, like nasty, just borderline yeah. crazy. You know, he comes in with these goofy outfits. He, you know, there's the one picture where there's hairs just all over the place. Yeah, looks like one of those purple minions. Um, no, I I want that guy on the offensive line. I I want that. You know, but anyway, um. All right, well, we didn't really get into the nuts and bolts of these things here. This was kind of an event session in our first live streams. kind of fun. Um, but we're going to move on. We're going to get into our picks now, right? So we gotta, we got to see. Um, let's see here. We're going to make our NFC North picks, see where we're at. What are, what's our record at here, man? I'm That's still in even. games. 26 and 26, and Tim is at a cool 28 and 24 on the season. All right. And then, so the first game that we've got here in the NFC North is the Lions at the Vikings. <sighs> what, that's an interesting game. Um, the Lions, they were playing really poorly, and then they came out firing this week. Yeah. The Vikings have a good defense. This, this is an interesting one, man. What do you, what do you, who you got here? I'm going to take the Lions. I just I don't see them losing to Nick Mullins, who's going to be starting again at quarterback for the Vikings. He stinks. Um, <laughs> they do have a good defense, and I again, it's credit. I hate to give credit to the Vikings, but credit to Kevin O'Connell for making a change after one year and going to get okay. Brian Flores, who's turned around their defense. And I'm hoping Brian Flores gets a head coaching job at the end of the year, so he's out of there. But it goes to show you, you can make a change a defensive coordinator. You don't have to be loyal. Yeah, and it can work. Um, anyhow, I don't see Nick Mullins doing enough to beat the Lions. I, the Lions had been struggling, and they beat up on the Broncos pretty good. I still think there's there's issues there with the Lions. I think they're going to have a tough time um, once they get to the playoffs because their defense, it just seems like if Aiden Hutchinson's not getting a lot of pressure, if they're not winning at the line of scrimmage, you can you can move the ball and you can score points on them. Um, there's holes at linebacker and in the secondary and pass coverage. And then which Garrett, which, which Jared Goff shows up. 
the one yeah. that plays efficient and can kill you with play action over the middle or the one who's going to fumble and throw a couple picks and kind of give the game away. So I think that's that's more so a problem for the playoffs. I think they're good enough to beat the Vikings. I think they're better than the Vikings. And I just I don't see them losing the Nick Mullins in this game. Yeah. Well, I don't pick the Vikings, so I won't pick <laughs> the Vikings. Um, I'll take the Lions, yep, but it is interesting because the Lions have not been playing well, and then they come out exactly. and whoop the Broncos after the Broncos have been playing pretty well. Um, so yeah, I just yeah, what what Lions team is going to show up here? Yeah. They're certainly capable of, of beating the Vikings. So I will go ahead and pick the Lions to say that they will beat the Vikings, but. I don't totally sure man that's an interesting one to to keep an eye on um and then the next matchup we've got here is the cardinals at the bears so two bad teams there um interesting one though who who you have that one well the bears have been showing some signs of life i mean they still suck and they will always suck always still suck but they have been playing a little better uh but they gave a game away to the browns where they had I think it was a 14-point lead, something like that. 13-point, they had double-digit lead in the fourth quarter and, and lost it, and then they almost won on a Hail Mary. Um, yeah, so they've been playing a little better, but I still don't think they're that, that good of a team. Um, luckily for them, the Cardinals aren't good either. You know, maybe Kyler Murray comes out and lights it up and, you know, takes off and makes some big plays with his legs. I think that's their chance to win. Um, but I, I'm going to take the Bears to win at home, I think, they're just they're playing better than the Cardinals are right now. Um, I think they're just a little bit of a better team. Not that either team's good, um, but I just think they're a little better. They're playing a little better than the Cardinals are. Um, their defense has been better. The Bears that's it's made improvements throughout the year, and I think I think they're going to give them some troubles, force some turnovers from Murray and you know Justin Fields or see him hit, maybe make some big plays with his legs. And their win. Not that anybody cares about the Bears and the Cardinals. But <laughs> I think the Bears find a way relevant to win. game of the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Let's see here. Cardinals at the Bears. Yeah. You know what? The and the Bears. That's not bad. Getting up on the Browns. The Browns are a good team. They're probably going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so they're they're probably they're playing pretty well right now. They're not winning yet, but they're playing better. I'll take the Bears here. The Cardinals seem just lost. I I don't know what to think about the Cardinals right now. Um, that that'll be an interesting one to see all the stuff they do this offseason because they just they seem to have zero identity in my opinion. Yeah. Um, all right, now the game we care about. We got the Packers heading down to take on the Panthers. Um, so we. We've hemmed and hawed on this one. I mean, you have to pick the Packers, right? The the Panthers are probably the worst team in the NFL. The Packers haven't played bad against all bad teams. Like, the Chargers are pretty bad, and the Packers are able to win that game. Yeah. I've got to believe they can win this game. They can go down there and take care of business. They might make it frustrating on us, but i got to believe they can win that game. So I'm going to take the Packers here. Um, who are you having this one? Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers. I mean, I don't feel great about it. It's just coming off that performance against Tampa. Well, the last two games against Tampa and the Giants. I I don't know. I don't feel great about it. But they're better than the Panthers. And, it, I mean, they lose this game. It's going to be embarrassing. And 
it's not going to reflect well on anyone within that organization to lose to a team like the Panthers. No. So, um, yeah, I think they're going to win. I don't think it's going to be easy. I, I think it's going to be probably ugly for most of the game and there's going to be a lot of mistakes by the Packers and, but I think they win. I think they win kind of a close game. And again, it shouldn't be a close game, but I think it's going to be a close game, but they, they find a way to win it at the end. All right, man. Well, I'll strap in because uh, it seems like it's going to be an interesting one. It's one of those where it's like, if you're going to lose this game, I don't want to watch it anyway. Um, yeah. And it's if they win, those... it's like, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. You, it's it's on Christmas Eve, so you might want to spike that eggnog and uh, <laughs> to, to get you through the game because I don't there think it's going to be that pretty. But you got any uh, any holiday plans there for watching the Packers on Christmas Eve? We are hosting on Christmas Eve, but I'm trying to get that pushed off to like four o'clock, so there you go. <laughs> Eastern time here, so that the game's ending or just about ending. To get it out of starts, the way, yeah. right? So everybody starts coming over to the house, so I can watch the game there and then go. deal with the family, and hopefully they win because I'll be in a much better mood to deal with everybody if they're coming <laughs> off a win. No doubt, man. Yeah, I uh, I hear that, and um, same here. We're gonna have. Yeah some folks over but hopefully later on and uh we can get that we can get the game out of the way and not have to worry about it but um yeah so this was our our first live stream uh of the packers weekly podcast yeah. here so we saw some folks poke in and and if y'all did uh, thank you for joining us thanks for checking out the show hope you'll check us out again next week we're going to try to record uh, every Monday evening or stream every Monday evening. And then uh, if the Packers are playing on Monday or if we can't do it on Monday, we'll do it on Tuesday. But um, we'll try to give you all some heads up on Twitter and uh, communicate a little bit more about when the episodes are coming up and getting these out there. But ultimately, we want to engage with you all. We want to have uh, conversations. Hopefully, eventually, we'll be able to get a, a guest on the show. That might be kind of cool. Um but we're we're making strides, man. We're we're a young team growing here too. Look at us. Um, so, thank y'all for checking us out here on the Packers Weekly Podcast. Thanks for listening along. Definitely, please come back next week. We hope that you all will uh, have great holidays, whatever holidays you're celebrating right now. Um, the important part is hopefully you're enjoying time with loved ones, with family, friends, and uh, getting to watch some some Packers football. And, you know, the football gods did the best they could for us, guys. They gave us the worst team in the league on Christmas Eve. If we can't take that gift and do something with it, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, hopefully we get a new defensive coordinator for Christmas. But uh, anyway, um, enjoy, the, uh, enjoy the season. Enjoy the time with, uh, with loved ones, friends, family, all the good stuff. Enjoy watching the Packers. Enjoy having football to watch. It's a fun time of year. And... Uh, you know, most of all, go, pack, go. All right.